Greetings, flesh creatures. It is I, Megatron. On behalf of TFYLP, I want to congratulate you for listening to the most refined collective podcast on this miserable little planet Earth. Yes. Here you'll find knowledgeable fans discussing every aspect of Transformers and beyond. Now, enjoy the show while I continue my path to complete conquest of all of you miserable biological entities. Predacons, terrorize! Starts. Hi, welcome to TFLP episode 540. We are live tonight. It is Wednesday, August 9th. I'm Lucas. I am joined tonight by Phil. Hi. And Christian. What up? And Anna. Good evening. And Catherine. Hello. So, welcome everyone tonight. We've got, uh, decided to have four extra people because I don't really have a lot of input on the topic myself, so, uh, we'll, uh... So, so, Lucas, we all communicated behind the scenes, and this is just an intervention for you of, like, why? Why have you not watched it yet? So, tonight, we're going to be talking about Transformers Earth Spark and why Lucas hasn't watched it. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna exactly. berate him for two hours straight. Mm-hmm. How many episodes have you seen, Lucas? Like one, dude. Oh. No, maybe it was all two. together. Or just the new batch. You are denying yourself. No, we so, lower than twenty six. So this <clears> is <throat> what happened. So I watched the first couple episodes with my kids, and I was like, "Hey, what do you, you know, like, what do you guys think?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's really cool." And then uh, I was like, okay, well, like, do you want to watch more? And they're like, no, nah, that's all right. We'll watch it later. And so then I was like, hey, I want to watch Earthspark. Do you guys want to watch it? And they're just like, no, no, not right now. And that was however long ago. So, yeah, they, they're always playing video games or something like that. And they want to sit down and watch the Transformers. Eight months, me. Lucas? For know, eight months? I know. I would say it's a really... good enough show that if you watched it by yourself and then rewatched it with them, I don't think you'd be disappointed. Probably yeah, I should just do that. Then you get to build up expectations when they see certain parts and you'd be like, ooh, right. are they going to react to this? And they would be mm-hmm. like, I'd rather be playing video games. And I think this is the kind of show that is going to have things you, a lot of things you missed on the first or on that second watch. I think a reasonable amount, yeah. It's not stuffed with references like the comics tend to do, but it, it has enough. And it is quality animation. Apparently Ron's calling me out here. Says I'm not a real real fan. And I do I feel really bad that I am. He not pulled watching. the true fan argument on you? Oh man. Well, and it's I like a good show today. too. It's not like, you know, whatever, some kind of garbage that so no. no, it's not like you skip the Netflix series or the I Machinima watched the series. Netflix series too. That's the bad part. Did you watch the Machinima series? 
Um, did any of you watch BotBots? No, you didn't. I did hey, watch, yeah, I watched yeah, I BotBots. I watched right. it like every one of those shows you just mentioned, including Machinima. <laughs> I really did. Machinima is pretty Bot-Bots, bad, actually. So I liked it. I think I, I stopped watching Machinima after like the first season because that was like no. I watched like the first two of Titans Return, and I was like, "All oh, right, it didn't get any better. Goodbye." Yeah. Yeah. But it gave, but how else would we have gotten Southern Overlord? Yeah. I it needed that remarkably well, actually. Why it was he Southern? Why wasn't he before? It It did. It actually had a really strong voice cast of name recognition people, which made the fact that the the animation quality and the storyline weren't really up to par was kind of a bummer. Because whenever the voice cast would get announced, I'd get excited because I'd be like, ooh, those are people that I want to associate with Transformers. That'll be neat. And it was like, well, I don't really want to watch this. Shoot. But then, Earthspark has had the opposite effects, right? It's a bunch of people I don't know. And now I'm I'm interested in their careers because they did a really freaking good job on the series. So now I care about new people, which is probably better, right? See, all those other things like Machinima were just like learning steps along the way to, to <laughs> be able to eventually create this masterpiece that is how we got ron perlman optimus primal we haven't had a transformers series where the fan response has been you know over the 50 percent mark positive in a while right it's been quite a while since we've had a like warm reception overall because i really feel like you know in general earth sparks reception has been either i liked it it was okay or i didn't watch it Right, I haven't really heard many people give an argument of, eh. I've heard more people argue that Beast Town USA was eh than Earth Spark was eh. Right, the movie, yeah, I've heard people say it wasn't great. Earth Spark, not so much. If people watched it, they seem to like it, which is cool. It's great to have a series that people are responding positively to. Absolutely. I wish it was Bot Bots. Bot Bots was also good. Someone you would have invited me over for a watch I don't, I party. I don't know why nobody watched it. That's a shame. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. Bot Bots is one of those things it. that if you didn't know about it, Netflix hit it and you would never stumble upon it. Nope. Is it still on there? Can you still fix the problem and watch it? Probably. I canceled my Netflix subscription last week. Then when I subscribe next month, or the month after, next month, I think. I think it's September, but probably like the very end of September for Castlevania. I will watch BotBots. I'll be You'll more like excited it. about Castlevania, but I'll still watch BotBots. I'll take it. There you Bot-Bots go. BotBots is cute. Have you not seen it, Anna? No, I didn't. I didn't see it because I haven't had Netflix for the last two years. So. Oh, okay. I just expect Christian to drive up to your house and and strap you down to a chair clockwork orange style with like your eyelids, you know, taped open and like him forcing you to watch it. 
hopefully he would can the rest of that plan the moment he showed up and I was super happy to see him. It was like, let's go watch Bot-Bots together. It'll be great. I feel like that's how it would go. Hopefully he would put the clamps away at that point. It didn't have to follow through. I don't know. No, he he would show up and you'd be like, all right, let's watch it together. And you're like, oh, wait, we don't have Netflix. What do we do? Look at his account. That's the whole point of him coming. Or, or no, yes. I was like, I, I gotta grade papers. Right. Well, I don't have Netflix, and Anna doesn't have Netflix, so I guess we would just go to your house then, Lucas. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We could do a party. Can I yeah. pause and go way off topic here for just a second? No. No, you do that. You do that. Stop doing that. Lucas, you got those G2 Toxitron dudes behind you over your shoulder. So, uh, no. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying they look really, really good, like on your shelf back there, Lucas. Like those those transformers do look really nice, especially like from a little bit of a distance. Those colors pop. So especially that Grimlock, which was yeah. just like the first one like the regular Grimlock in the first of the Earth Spark episodes. <laughs> and this Grimlock was fantastic. We got to see him like nurturing. I guess. I, I, Can I, I? I. It's a wonderful segue, Catherine, and I love it. But I just want to have like a few minutes of spoiler-free conversation, just in case anyone wants to turn it off for the spoiler side. Is that okay? Grimlock well, is in it. Before he was we in the get into that, Grimlock is in it. Grimlock is good. I agree with that. Before we get into that, too, I know we had some news uh, this week. <laughs> well, I guess not news. I guess it's still technically not announced yet. The missing link? It's announced. It's up for order mean, places. An Amazon listing is kind of an announcement. It's like it's like how toys are normally announced, right? Is it for sale? Toys. Yeah. It's yeah, for yeah. sale. You can order it on Amazon or Amiami so far. Oh, okay. And, and sure Chosen Prime. Places. They put it up the stuff. Oh, and Chosen Prime put it up. Nice. They I'll also have Jackson Prime. So Missing Link Prime, which is the articulated G1 Optimus that turned out to be real, it seems. It turns out to be some sort of premium Takara 40th anniversary Hey, it's Convoy. He's like his original toy, but he has articulation now. It's an interesting release. Is Anna going to be like, think it's not real? Like, even as she gets it in her hands, she's like, all right, I have this, but I'm not sure if it's real or not. I'm going to have to bite it like gold, right? I'm going to have to bite it to make sure it's not actually candy. I was actually a real item. Okay. I, I liked what you had said about the about the name with of Missing Link. It's an evolution reference, yeah. yeah. That didn't that didn't hit me for like the first two weeks of knowing the name, and it was like, oh, it's the Missing Link and Evolution of Transformers. I get it now. <laughs> Christian's face is nice. What else would it have been? A dumb name? I don't know. Oh, okay. All right, I did not know that you were confused about that one. I'm sorry, I would have helped you. It could have been a code name for a project. No, I wasn't confused about it. I just didn't make the I didn't make the jump between the term and the term, right? I didn't think it was just the the term as it is normally used. I got it. I thought of it as just like, oh, they're talking about. Right. Yeah, sort of. 
<laughs> I saw the link as them just be like, oh, it's the missing link between Transformers toys, not evolution of Transformers toys, making it more interesting. I think part of that is I don't expect the, I don't expect wordplay to translate that well. Because this was wordplay from a Japanese company naming their toy line something that English-speaking audiences should get the reference. So it's cool. Christian, are you upset at me again or did something happen in your environment? <laughs> environment. Okay, good. So Paul had pointed out that this has its, the logo has its own font and, and all that and has its own logo for the missing link. And so from his just background in doing, uh, you know, commercial art and that sort of thing, it's like, you, you don't normally make a specific logo for something you're only doing one of. Um, that this is, is likely to have more companion pieces with this. Christian so keeps putting up, up the two yeah, because there's technically two versions. Yeah. Technically two versions because there's the cartoon one. That has the blue eyes and the silver matrix and not a trailer because the didn't have a trailer. There's two releases. That's the thing that gets me about it is the the tune one doesn't have the trailer, which makes sense from a price point perspective, like release one without the trailer. But he did have the trailer in the cartoon and roller shows up in the cartoon. So it's like it would make sense for him to still have the trailer, but whatever. The trailer to me seems a little on the cheap side from the pictures. You know, the fact that you're getting the rollers tires on a sprue and you have to, to pop them out of the sprue to put them on roller um, and, and all of that. And so, all right, if you're going to do a toy homage, you're probably going to have more people who want the toy version so you make the toy version with the higher price point and, and higher profit margin. Um, and then you get the consolation prize of the, you know, the toy version. If you don't want to throw out another 50 bucks, I'm sorry, cartoon version. If you don't want to throw out another 50 bucks. I, I think that, I think that's the logic behind it. It doesn't make sense to split it on the cartoon line, but it works, right? It works because, <laughs> you wouldn't want to just release the trailer by itself, right? That's something that um, good old KFCU is doing right now with their Super Genrai release, is that they're releasing the trailer first without the cab. I think that is a terrible sell strategy. So, yeah, it makes sense to just release a cab version. Doing the cartoon slash um, toy split there is a little odd, but there are enough differences between the two are there more than two differences or are there only two differences three i guess eyes colors of the windows and color of the matrix that was the only differences i thought the blues were different a bit too i thought the reds were different okay then then the color the base colors are different too i pay less attention to base colors than i do like drastic color changes like silver to gold like, the gold matrix just looks like it's from another dimension to me. Because it's like, I just expect it to be silver. So when I saw that gold matrix hanging out of his chest, I was like, what is that thing? Weird is his blade? Does he wear it as a necklace? I don't get it. It does feel like they could have just slotted that in with the 
Diaclone line and just been like, hey, look, it's Oh, they could have, yeah. Convoy. But they wanted to hit us. I mean, this is this is for us, right? This is to get us as much as possible. Plus, the Diaclone line wouldn't have released it without updates. The Diaclone stuff is all modernized. What's well, the articulation thing, I think. But then again, I don't pay that much close, that close attention to the Diaclone line. There have been Diaclone like... convoy homages that they've put out. Um, yeah. And to your point, Anna, they've been significantly updated. Yeah, I mean, this is literally, like, they show a picture in the listing. If you go to any of the listings, you'll see the picture of the original toy beside the Missing Link toy. And it is just the original toy with some stylistic updates. Like, not everything is exactly the same, right? The the head actually seems more rounded and softer than the original head. I always thought the original head was so severe compared to the cartoon character that we got. The um, the hands work differently. They swivel out, so the hands look quite a bit different than they originally do because they actually use the hinged fingers like they've been doing in some of the higher-end um, mainline figures. So there are some differences. It doesn't look exactly like your G1 toy, but unless you're me and over-analytical, you probably won't notice it on the shelf. It does look like the G1 toy. So my question is, is is anyone getting it? That's what I'm kind of worried about. I'm kind of worried it's not going to sell well. Like, I, so I'm in a weird place. If I thought this thing was going to be, like, a popular item that sells out, right? Like, the people are going to get excited about, I would pre-order mine today. Because I want one, but I'm kind of afraid this is going to be something that doesn't sell very well and gets deep clearance. Oh, I guarantee you it's going to sell. Like, it's Optimus Prime. I'm sorry. Like, if anything, if, if they would have released, you know, if they released this as, like, random, you know, whatever G1 character or something, like, I could see it Huffer. not selling well. But, like, as, as Optimus Prime, I don't see there's any way that it didn't sell. Huffer would be a bizarre one. Would. Yeah. It'd be funny. I just wonder if, like... There's so much Optimus Prime out right now. Do, like, I only know one, like, really dedicated Optimus Prime collector. And the moment we gave him the links, he bought both. So, I guess the dedicated Optimus Prime character collectors will do it. Like, like our buddy Paul will do it. And anyone else who has to have every Optimus is going to do it. Something Lucas and Christian have said, or especially Christian, I think. I'm actually I'm trying to remember if I'm misattributing this quote, but someone said buying something that doesn't go with the other stuff on my shelf at this price point is a little harder. That sounds like me. That really sounds like something you'd say, but I'm it sounds not like something sure I would say. Said it. And I get what? that, right? Because it's like it has to go by itself. If I get it, which I want to. It's not going to go on the shelf with my modern figures. It's not going to go with my MPs. It could go with my G1 figures, but I don't really display my G1 figures in a nice way. I mean, they're they're up there on that top shelf in the closet. You can't really see them very well from most angles in my room. They're just kind of like, that's where they go because I don't have anywhere else to shove them. 
Yeah, so I don't know. I think it's like really cool, and I want it. I'm very tempted by it. But you know, Christian and I were discussing this uh, the other day too. Is is like although it's really cool, I don't know if it fits in our collection, and especially now where so much of it, like we keep getting, you know, all these various characters in, you know, Legacy and whatever else that you know, kind of replacing some of the older vintage ones and they all go together and they all have a similar style and all that. And it's like, cause like, I don't necessarily want a one-off, but then I also don't want to go down a rabbit hole either. So it's like, I don't know like that. Although I think it's super cool. And I heard it, it sounds like that. I think they're doing it in kind of like original style packaging and there might even be styrofoam involved potentially like i was like man that sounds really cool but man. it has some metal they haven't confirmed any piece except for the chest but the front chest is metal like the original there might be more metal on them too it's a reasonable price to me some of our cast members not with us tonight have disagreed but it's 120 to 130 depending on where you order it right now for the trailer one and like 75 ish for the non-trailer one i think that's reasonable it's high you know particularly if you look at it in terms of you know it's, it's more than a leader but less than a commander or if it's with a trailer it's more than a commander but less than a titan so like I, it it feels worth it to me that's all i can say I, I don't i don't know about parts count i don't know how complicated it was it just it feels like an okay price the counter argument to that of course is like you just said, the parts count, right? With it being a G1 figure, even with added ankle tilts and wrists that come out and all that stuff, it's still going to have significantly less parts total than probably a modern Voyager, right? Like, it's probably less parts than a Voyager figure. And Hard the trailer... Say, probably. Bill said a little bit of this earlier, the trailer really does seem to be more or less a one-to-one replica. The There's... They show that there are changes on roller so that he has flip out lights and you can tilt his gun up and down. But other than that, I think it's mostly a one on one replica, which isn't a bad thing, but that doesn't make it feel like, you know, that premium of a figure. I think part of the price for this thing is that it's special. I think that's just something we have to admit, right? Like, it's kind of like how when we all opened our victory sabers, and we had to say, part of what's cool about this toy is how good the packaging is. Part about what's cool about this toy is the cardboard separator is a poster, right? We had to we had to admit to ourselves that part of that price ticket that we paid for that thing was the presentation. It wasn't in a freaking cardboard box that said Transformers like a select figure. It was in a nice, fancy, well-done figure case. And, and you guys have heard me say for years now. That I want my 40th line to be, you know, the Earthrise Kingdom Legacy 84 dudes in 84 packaging. I've said that for they even had the decoder. five years, I think I've said that. So they would it get even me has with red, packaging. Little red decoder, like Christian. And Does it? It will decode the, yeah. That's in the product list saying well, it will decode the thing on the back. That may it's get cool. it for me. Tr- truly, that may get it for me. Like, I really do enjoy a really good package. Well, um, one of the things, too, is is I know there's quite a few G1 figures where they don't have the molds anymore, or maybe the molds are, um, you know, like not 
you know, like not able to be used, like they are going to have to rebuild the molds. Um, and so I just wonder on some of these, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to do that and go to the trouble of, of uh, doing that, it's like, why not throw in some articulation and make it a little bit more premium and then get people to buy it? Because, like, I mean, the thing is, is the, the people that are interested in this type of thing, a lot of them probably already own a G1 Optimus Prime or they own a reissue Optimus Prime or they own, you know, whatever, like in, you know, on down the line of, of some of the G1 stuff. And so I just wonder, like, you know, this is for any G1 collector. I feel like this is kind of like something that they're probably going to end up getting um, just because it's different. Is this going to be re-released in America as the 40th anniversary line? I think I not. Say. I think Pulse will probably offer it like they offer the other imports, but I don't suspect it will be a Hasbro release. I mean, the thing, again, that's hard with this is I, I don't know that, um, you know, places like Walmart and Target, which is like the only place that they sell that kind of stuff, is willing to you know, put a hundred and twenty dollar item like on the shelf quite yet. I guess well, Lucas, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point though, then around the prices. I forget if it was one of you that I need to attribute this to, but someone was talking about the G one prime reissue that was at Walmart, I think either just before COVID or or the, the first winter of COVID. Yeah, um, Christian, that was you that was talking about this. And it's like, hey, that was about a $50 toy. And inflation has jumped up significantly since that time. So you are getting that toy with significantly more articulation for $25, $30 more. When you look at it from that lens, it doesn't seem like it's that much of an ask in terms of price. Um, but again, a lot of people didn't want to buy that reissue prime because they thought the $50 price tag was too high. So. I don't know. It is it is a tough thing. So, um, and that prime, you know, some WalMarts clearance that thing heavily. I heard a freaky rumor about that prime since the last time we talked about it. Go on. The freaky rumor I heard was that originally it was solicited to Walmart as Optimus with the trailer, and it was like fifty bucks. And they were like, "Cool, this is great." And then they kind of got towards the end. They're like, oh, we're not going to include the trailer. And so Hasbro said, oh, so we're going to decrease the price on that. And Walmart was like, no. There's no uh -huh. reason to. Because I, I think Isn't that's that a true? hard sell. I had that figure was only a hard sell because of the other stuff on the shelf, right? Like if that was the only Transformers product on the shelf and it was a $50 reissue, then fine. But since they can buy a leader for $50, and I'm someone who plays with and displays their toys, I'm going to keep passing up that Optimus unless I have infinite money. I, I have know. a hard time believing that Optimus with a trailer would have been 50 bucks. That still just that sounds too low. It does sound too low, but it's the rumor I heard. Is it true? I don't know. stuff's really low. Sounds like a doorbuster kind of item. It's yeah. yeah. But as we were saying with the packaging, I really do think doing the U.S. packaging would get them a lot more sales. Because I think the people who are as deep as we are have nostalgia for the Japanese G1 packaging. Because we've seen it enough times. We've 
We've looked at figures, we've seen them at shows, we perhaps own some of them, and we are familiar with their packaging. But the fans who aren't quite at the watch podcast about Transformers level, but still collect, they'll they'll see that C-01 and be like, what's, what's a C? What's a Cybertron? This is an Autobot. Where's my... Where's my G1 Optimus Prime packaging? Why is this name Convoy? What's going on here? And they just, they won't want to display it as much. Those lucky bastards with their empty shelf space. They have more room. Poor yeah, I don't think I would souls. care if it was the Japanese packaging, but if it was the American packaging. That might tip the scales for me. Yeah. I, so, I don't see why we wouldn't see an American release of this. In some version. Yeah, you'd think. I, I don't know. We'll I'm not see. sure. Hard to say. So, um, but yeah, no, I was, uh, I was just curious. You know, I know it, it had just come out, and I was, was curious what your guys' thoughts are on on getting it. So it sounds like I know. I think uh, Rob and I think Paul were both getting it. And I'm sure I'm sure Rick is getting it, but um, Nick is getting it, but holding his nose while doing so and i don't know where peter stands on it i would think peter's probably getting it too but yeah i'm less fancy than the rest of you i really want to be on the buy it side of the fence we'll see i'm I'm about 50 50 right now so yeah a no for me yeah i'm a thumbs down i did go over the fence on the the um the Lunar Rover, Lunar Explorer Prime. I did go yeah. over the fence when the mass release of that got put up on Amazon Japan. That's yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get that one. See, it's, it's funny. I actually am kind of more tempted by this G1 Prime than the Lunar Rover. I don't know, for whatever reason. I mean, I think it looks cool, but again, it's... Because you don't like space. I do like space, Christian. I don't know what you're talking you about. Mu- you must not. Not a, not a true space fan. Uh, no, 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 he likes space. He just doesn't like science. Mm. Both are a part or, of or, or right? Spark, like, I guess, too, which is supposed to be our topic tonight. Yeah, Y'all wanted to go Earth talk Spark. about other stuff. So, I don't know. I just wanted to, you know. You were ready. There was only right. one to talk news. about stuff. You had to talk about news. I don't know, man. No more news. Uh, all I right. just want one I would like to bring up one topic about Earth Spark that isn't spoilery first. Okay. It won't take long because we already have spoiler free content, right? Like people can listen to like half the show without spoilers now, which is good. But one spoiler free thing is the four of us who have watched it, so we're excluding Lucas. What is it that you like about Earth Spark? Why is it that you want the person who doesn't want spoilers? to finish after we're done not talking about spoilers and go watch the show. What is it that makes you feel like this is a hard recommend? I think this is some of the best writing of any Transformers series yet. I agree with that. Plus the, the characters, there's someone there to relate to for everybody. Yep. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's I don't know where to start, just across the board. It's it's relatable characters. It's characters that you understand their 
motivations of why they're doing things as characters that you get to kind of have fun experiencing their growth and their development. Um, there's a ton of just great themes in the show of family and found family. Um, there's a lot of like in-depth stuff, you know, we can talk about a little more when we get into some of the spoilers, but like they talk about, you know, not directly, but there's, there's discussions around PTSD. Um, and you know, and it's just about acceptance and, you know, the, the designs too look great. I mean, these are some of the best looking transformers we've seen on a TV screen. And maybe going back to prime and I know some people don't even like the prime designs. Um, thanks Roche. Yeah. Yeah. Roche did a phenomenal job on designing some of these characters. Um, and just giving them a lot of personality. I think the voice cast selection was great. Um, and even characters that early on in the show I thought were annoying uh, characters, they become more serious characters and get their times to shine in, in the show. Um, so I, man, I, I have no notes, honestly, on this show. My only, only concern with this is is sort of twofold. Number one, we won't get nice quality toys from this because it's a kid show. Um, you know, we've talked about on the show how Twitch's toy has some QC issues. Mine in particular does. I know Catherine, you're lucky and yours doesn't, uh, with the chest, uh, locking in a place there. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we've, we haven't really seen anything in terms of beyond deluxes being solicited for the show. And the other concern I have with this show is that, the, the other show I feel this way about um, is Transformers Rescue Bots. And Transformers Rescue Bots, those characters have just sort of been regulated to, relegated to forgottenness, or, or maybe it's just because they were kid-focused and they were still doing Rescue Bots Academy if they didn't want to bring them in to anything else. Um, it will be a shame if this show ends and these new characters just sort of just disappear into the ether. Those are my, my only two concerns or notes about this show. And so it's not even negative about the show itself i agree with that and i think that the new character the fact that there are new character designs is a really great point to bring up and we are of course talking about the fact there are new transformers characters introduced right there are characters that have never been used before but there are also redesigns for characters that don't usually look a lot different than their other incarnations that actually work pretty well and that are pretty cool designs. You know, it wasn't just like, let's use an exact copy of G1 Optimus. It was, let's redesign him a little bit. It wasn't, let's make another tank Megatron. It was, let's redesign him a little bit and try a new vehicle mode that he hasn't done before. It's cool, right? Like, it worked really well that they did that. And I would say that I, you know, my main reason to recommend it is that it's both good as a piece of science fiction like, it is good, interesting science fiction where they explain things. There's aliens. There's a little bit of science magic. There's all that good stuff that makes the science fiction show enjoyable. But then it's also this positive morality kick that other cartoons have been hitting for the last, like, 10 years now. Um, that Transformers, other than Rescue Bots, which is always kind of, like, just for kids, this one has managed to kind of hit that note that shows like 
like Steven Universe had a hit where adults will watch it and really enjoy it and fan over it. Whereas while it's still getting those positive moral values and acceptance and good things out there at the same time, that's why I like it. I just think it's such a such a positive affair, but it's also good fiction. It's not just like constant hugs and moral lessons, but it's good fiction with hugs and moral lessons, which are fine. Oh, and it's also fun. If you like that sort of thing. Like a yeah, lot. I'm, I'm excited when we get to talk about spoilers because there's two characters in general, like just their names. I was gushing over their names. I know. I was also disappointed Frenzy wasn't in these episodes. I'm there with you. So. <laughs> no, I actually was. You know, when we get we get a little bit of a thing in the last episode, and and I was disappointed Frenzy was not in that. I miss Tarantulas in that. Yeah, Tarantulas sort of makes sense because he's sort of out there doing his own thing. Um, and I guess Frenzy, you could say, is 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 not with this group, but. Yeah, I would have liked to see more frenzy. And see that more right. That's going to be the main story arc for season two. We all Where's frenzy? frenzy. Earth Spark Two: The Search for Frenzy. Like the fight between her and her dad. It's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. So, dad Soundwave. Yes, her dad's that way. Okay. I mean, Soundwave yeah, could she, be she signed her photo. Don't tell dad I'm here. Okay. That's great. I didn't know that. So, uh, we ready to do spoilers on? I know you're muted. Is Anna like I I muted? Gonna... There you go. Oh, it's yeah. Anyway, I thought I was going to have to go assassinate my dog, but not quite. Um, so this is the third set of episodes for the first season of Earth Spark. It's one complaint I have heard from people is the way it's been released has been a nice handful of episodes that had a nice conclusion for part one, a handful of episodes that had no conclusion for part two, and then a pretty small handful of episodes for the end that was mostly the ending and not a whole lot else. So, you know, kind of a mixed way of release but now that we have the third chunk we have our full opinions of the whole series obviously watch everything else first if you're if you haven't watched the first two parts don't skip to the third part this is the cyberverse the episodes go together at this point if they're here they're gonna stay yeah i would say you don't get the emotional punch of part three without Certainly part two. Yeah, obviously part one, but like I, part three didn't have as much emotion as much emotional impact as part one and part two did. Um, you know, it, it was a little more action focused, um, you know, with with part three, which it, it makes sense. You're kind of building up to, to this, um, you know, this big thing. Um I don't know, at least for the Terran Transformers, there wasn't as much emotional movement with them as there was in Section 2. Well, we did open right up with some emotional. I mean, 
we we did, and that was like the one sort of episode in the can that felt the more similar to set series, the second set of episodes, because it was about Jawbreaker getting his alt mode, which we saw his siblings get their alt modes in in that second section of episodes. So, you yeah, know, if you, if you have to cut them into chunks, I would have put that one in section two. Yeah. So, Calvin, yeah. now you get to talk about your Grimlock. I mean, I made you wait for almost an hour. Oh my God, you did, yeah. But yeah, this one was fun. It opened with Grim. You know, we got to see a nurturing Grimlock. That was nice. He's Keith David. It's Keith yeah, David Grimlock. Having, having Keith David as a voice actor just like made me. You know, I always like Grimlock, but then it's like I always like Grimlock. I always like Keith David. So. I like the story here. How, fantastic. I like the story here. How this was and this how this was very well portrayed with that like that shocking that that whole shocking scene to Jawbreaker of like he gets his alt mode and suddenly Grimlock snaps on him. And that was that was I thought that was a, quite emotional and a a really a really well done you know story. I agree. Hey, quick trivia question. Which Transformer has Keith David played previously to Grimlock? Anybody know? Oh, man. That's a good one. He played Barricade in the 07 movie video game. Oh, wow. That's a nice deep cut there. There you go. That's what you keep me around for. Knowing the answers really for trivia night. Hmm. You gotta take me. Anyway, I'm like, was he a, in a one like a, an episode one off of, of like animated or prime? Hmm. Um, he was barricade though. Yeah. No, I'm wow. just sitting here thinking Christian's gonna tell me that he was one of the many wasted talents in the Machinima series. That's what oh. I figured I was about to hear. That would be that, that's a really good guess though. That's a good guess. He was over there in 07. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it was really nice to get to hear him. And I personally have wanted for a while now, like, I love G1 Grimlock. G1 Grimlock was a big part of my Transformers fandom as a kid. I love the Dinobots. They appealed to me. But the decision to make them unintelligent caveman talking creatures that were created by the Autobots purposely to be stupid wasn't great even then, even though it was amusing and fun and probably doesn't really belong in the children's series at this point in time. So it was, it's nice to have Grimlock be a new guy, right? Like this is a different Grimlock. This is not a Grimlock that was made for funsies in the lab by Willjack and Willjack just said, Oh, let's make him stupid. It'll be great. Um, no, that, that didn't happen for this guy. This guy is a normal transformer. Mm -hmm. Who had some rage built into his alt mode, and well, that's, that's the Grimlock this time. Yeah, and that's where I was I was alluding to earlier, where we get that PTSD uh, sort of subplot, and they don't specifically say it out loud, but you know he was in those those robot brawls. He was mind controlled by by Mandroid, um, and so he is. You know he's suffering from that, and we get a little bit of that with uh, hashtag as well, where she is, is you know suffering the after effects of that. So 
um, it was, it was kind of cool to see both those characters be able to kind of relate to each other in, in that regard. Um, and, and know like, Oh, that, that sucked. That was unpleasant. I agree with that. That that was something that always left a bad taste in my mouth with the old Marvel Transformers comics back in the day. That Transformers never felt trauma, never felt like upset about things that happened to their bodies. And these ones do, which made me feel a lot better. I'm glad these fictional characters felt trauma. I'm glad that they are altered by their experience. Like living creatures. That's a nice way to put it. But I did like it. It was just missing in a lot of those series. So yeah, it was a good episode. I liked the start of it. And it did feel like the rest of the series so far. It just felt kind of par for the course. It was another, let's feature this one character and spend a whole episode on their alt mode. Which they've done before. And pretty much all of them have been good. So mm-hmm. it, it fits that formula of a, an episode on each major character that a lot of cartoons follow. But it worked. So whatever he got left over to the last part i was a little worried that like jawbreaker's personality seemed to shift a little bit when he got his alt mode that he got a little bit of um a little bit brash a little bit cocky and then like no like that kind of got put back to play you know his his personality kind of came back to his normal like you know aw shucks sort of self um i don't know jawbreaker's i think my favorite character in the show so um, I was glad to see that he didn't get up. Like, he almost became like high school jock when he became a dino bot, and that, that got tempered down kind of quickly. We had he that first child, like excitement. Yeah. 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 Which has been one really cool thing about this series is all the kids feel like kids. They actually <laughs> feel like they're portraying children, teenagers maybe sometimes, but it's nice. They're not Charlie Brown style, super intelligent children, and they're not annoying baby noise children either. They're actual children, flawed like children are. Yeah, they're overly emotional, um, but but not to the point of like uh, like roll your eyes back and get annoyed. It's like you just you you empathize with them far, far more than, than you have from the vast majority of human characters in any Transformers cartoon. And Transformers it's, fans love to complain about humans. It's really hard to complain about these humans. Yeah, I'm usually right on board with that. Rarely are there good humans in Transformers shows, but I relate to Alex and Dot a lot. I also relate to Bumblebee a lot, which has never been a thing for me. Particularly during, you know, the the movie years and the swarm. But this Bumblebee is like, he's the older brother guy to the the kids. And he's like this hero to Alex. Just Alex is a weird Transformer worshiper guy, which that's all of us. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's nice to have different levels of characters to relate to. Like, do you relate to the parents? Do you relate to the kids? Do you relate to, you know, the middle part where Bumblebee is or... Do you relate to somebody else? There's somebody there for everybody, and there's probably multiple somebody's there for everybody. It's kind of cool. Well, I think we talked about this when the second batch of episodes came out, and and I I give a lot of kudos to the creators and writers of the show because they gave three different entry points of, uh, of viewpoints for this. You have 
the young humans that, that, you know, my son is probably relating to. You have the Bumblebee character that's this sort of mid-20s, uh, you know, 30s, you know, type person in their age group where they're now, you know, a little bit of a mentor, a little bit of the first time kind of, you know, being in charge of some things. And then you have the, the parents and Optimus and Megatron who have been through some things and seen some things and they're trying to fill that parental role. Um, but But they're, you know, not always perfect at doing it. I think that's a really cool point as well that nobody in this show is perfect. There's not a single, you know, paragon of you know, truth and justice and light. Even, you know, the great optimist is, is conflicted about Ghost's role in capturing all the wayward Decepticons. It's like, that's, that's unusual for these kind of cartoons. I don't know. Does Nightshade ever make a mistake? <laughs> no, she's perfect still. Nightshade goes astray with Tarantulas, but kind of figures it out. Because Tarantulas isn't bad, but not good. That's a pretty gray episode. And then they kind of end up luring their parents into Tarantulas' trap. The ghost trap. One one of those first things they did with Nightshade was show that they were a little too removed from everyone else. Because Mm -hmm. they had different interests and things. But then, you know, through the next two episodes, grew. And learn that, you know, I can share my family's interests without entirely sharing them yes. type of deal. So I think, yeah, Nightshade made mistakes, but less than the others. Less yeah. than the others. The smart one. The third chunk of episodes, Nightshade is like not always the best in battle, but but hold their own significantly well. But but then like Nightshade, like especially in the third chunk, is like, I am the most confident. I am smart. I'm good in battle. I'm good at fighting. And please give me that toy. Please give me that toy. Got to be soon. Got to be yeah. soon. Yeah. I want a good hashtag. I do too. I don't think like we're going to get a good hashtag. Voyagers don't exist. I know. I also need that or Megatron, but we've talked about that before. Yeah, we do. The hashtag is a great little story arc here too. Because now she's best. De- now she's best deeds with Starscream. Yeah. Another PTSD sufferer. Yeah. I mean, that... Uh, Starscream wasn't in very many episodes, but those two episodes where he has to interact with Megatron, it's just like, whoa! Yeah. Yeah. His limited use was amazing. Very impactful and well-written. I think it's it, two it episodes, right? Like, it's the, the one with the Dweller and then the end. Yeah. But he's clearly yeah. traumatized by his time with Megatron. Like, whoa, that's... That's a new way to look at it. That's it's interesting for laughs in D1, but it's serious now. It's interesting for kids, though, because we can fill in the gaps with the way Megatron treats Starscream in every series. The kids watching the series who've never seen a Megatron and Starscream dynamic, they don't have that. They're like, mm-hmm. what did Megatron do to Starscream? What was their relationship? Because I don't know. It's interesting. Just to see, like, what would go through their heads. Because we all know what we're thinking. Right. They bitter ex-wives. Yeah. But that was the same vantage point that Hashtag had. And I think that was one of the great parts about the show is that Hashtag had this vantage point of, like, listen, I haven't seen all the drama that you and Megatron have been through. Um, so I, I also think with Starscream, what was interesting is we got two tastes of Starscream 
in in the first set of episodes we got like just basically Starscream grinning menacingly right into the camera um and then you know in the second set of episodes we had a flashback to uh Starscream fighting Megatron Starscream leading the Decepticons against Megatron and against you know Earth and all that sort of thing so to then get Starscream where we finally get him to have an episode that focuses on him and, and yeah he's still a conniving you know, pompous snot to an extent. Um, but no, they, they gave him a lot of depth that, um, you know, we, we've gotten from Starscream in more recent uh, versions of him, but it was, it was still fun to see. He had character development. Starscream doesn't yeah. usually get that. And I think that's one of the fun things about this show. And I think we've talked about this a lot which is the like, all right, Autobots are fighting the Subicon, through Cybertron, and there's a war. And so the fact that they did the IDW thing have gone past that, it allows these characters to grow. And maybe some will just become a-holes again, um, and, and maybe some will turn over a different leaf. Um, you know, I think they're all more than meets the eye. I think it's the best post-war that I've seen. I do, too. I want to note real fast that Starscream was another recognizable voice actor. Because he was Steve Blum, who not only is really well-known in the anime world, but also has been Starscream before. He's been Starscream before. And he was doing a, a different Starscream this time. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear... I, I didn't just go, oh, that's Prime Starscream. I went, oh, it's Steve Blum, but... Mm-hmm. I recognize Hashtag's voice actress from Young Justice. That's Stephanie Rimlin. Who's she in Young Justice? Artemis, okay. Okay. It's the same voice, too. It's not, it, she's not even doing anything different. I haven't jumped on back on Young Justice. Uh, now it's been on Max again, so I, I want to do that. So anyone who listens to the show or watches the show relatively frequently, you've maybe heard that I... I am probably the one who has read all of IDW Phase 2 and 3 and likes it probably the least out of the cast. I was the least impressed with it. I see that now as a necessary stepping stone to this because a lot of those same post-war notes like the Megatron um, redemption, right, are here but done better without the really violent background that was phase one idw right the part i couldn't wash out of my mouth was phase one idw right like i'm not a huge fan of the violent stuff i'm not a huge fan of simon Furman's writing it wasn't really for me but this didn't have that right we can think of the war as less bloody less casualties we can think of megatron as not committing a bunch of war crimes and allow him to have a redemption arc without all that baggage. So I agree, Christian, this is an awesome post-war Transformer series. It's done really it, well. It is like a common trope that I think happens a lot in anime and sci-fi is taking it up quite a bit too, of the the villain becoming an anti-hero, becoming a hero. And it's like, suddenly we're cheering for someone who's committed genocide. Um, mm. You know, and you didn't quite have that full extent of that with Megatron here. And I hope we don't get it. That's why I've been saying that I hope we don't get 
more flashback episodes and I hope they leave that to our imagination because this way we can just have it like they were fighting a war and they were on different sides of some sort of conflict but neither side has to necessarily be evil if they don't show them being evil you know maybe maybe the Decepticons were less you know less kind to the earth and the humans but they didn't just slaughter humans for funsies to make a point they they have shockwave for the just evil for evil's sake now what i was about to say even shockwave in those final couple episodes was not purely malevolent uh malevolent yeah so yeah shockwave was helping out at times Shockwave served still only served Shockwave's self-interests. True. That's that's true, but he wasn't a hundred percent a-hole about it. I would have rather everything that happened to Shockwave in those parts happened to Tarantulas and Shockwave was just gone. Because some of the things Shockwave did, like how natural and comfortable he felt around the humans and the Terrans, it was just like, wait, he was really hardcore against anything Earth native in his one appearance. But Tarantulas wasn't, right? Tarantulas was yeah. again, you know, scarred by the war and just wanting to survive. So he would have played all those scenes a little bit more naturally. Plus, I liked him better. Plus, he's cool. Plus, he's a spider. <laughs> I think if you want to read between the lines for Shockwave, he's another victim of Mandroid's mind control stuff. So mm. I think that's probably, in my mind, why he's better. Because he understands that, oh, yeah, this is horrible. We need to stop this horrible dude from doing horrible things. And therefore, he kind of aligns with everybody else. But I agree, Tarantulas would have been a better pick. From a logistical standpoint, Shockwave is voiced also like Optimus Prime by Alan Tudyk. So it mm. might have just been like, eh, we don't need to bring another voice actor in. We don't need to bring the guy who voiced Tarantulas back. We could just have Alan jump in the booth and voice two characters. That is Alfie Allen of Game of Thrones fame. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I did I did really like Shockwave's design. Um, a lot of nice G1Qs, especially to like the, the toy where he had like the little silver... Uh, circles on his calves to 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 be sort of like the the gun handle the the pistol grip of the toy, um, just just nice subtle touches that uh, I found very very entertaining. Did what happened to that form at all? What uh-huh. uh, Shockwave did not transform in the the this so. group of episodes. He did in when he his first episode. Oh, did he? So. Okay. And he's like was, that uh, walker tank again. Yeah, what was your other question, Christian? Where did that slime stuff go? They spent a whole episode on that, the Mother's Day episode in the second batch with that slime bear. Yep. Second but, season. Yeah, that was the, the one thing. It went I to was the second season? Yeah, well, no, yeah. I, think that, I think they've intentionally left a lot of seeds for future things along the way. It felt super weird to not come back to that. No. No, because there are other things they haven't touched, or they haven't that or that they have seeded for next season. Like Shockwave is still on the on the loose at the very end. He can be on the loose. That's fine. Everybody's on the loose at the end, I think. Oh yeah, that's true. All the Decepticons got free. Mm-hmm. Are they free now? And Shockwave still thinks or refuses to accept that the war has ended. That will probably be an issue. Yes. 
Wouldn't that be cool if there were like several episodes that focused on like a certain or a certain group of Decepticons, like getting used what, what to civilian life? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool to have get- like I would really be into like an episode where our one Stenticon that showed up is helping the others adapt. Because he is pretty adapted, right? He's made friends yeah. with an Autobot. He obviously likes Earth racing. So he could be like trying to get the other four to not be assholes and to get jobs. And it'd be a cool episode and it would fit for this series. Yeah, I think Breakdown is one of the shining Decepticon examples of this series that he always said he was a Stunticon first. What does that actually mean? Anna, I want to see your episode to figure that out. But like he's not out there causing mayhem and destruction. Neither is Tarantulas. Even Swindle and Hardtop, not really. They're trying to steal to get by, but they're not, like you said, they're not just doing bad things to humans for the fun of it. None of them are. Kind of interesting. Maybe next NBA season we'll see the we'll see we'll all see the Constructicons working at Wiki construction yards. How about an episode where um, where Frenzy and Buzzsaw get to run a cooking show on TV? instead of gladiatorial combat anything with them i'm in no no i want to see frenzy as as the earth spark version of guy fieri i like him already as statler and waldorf there you go yeah that's a good point um i i did enjoy the fact that one of the things that i think we've sort of danced around but not hit quite on the head is that the main antagonist was not a decepticon Main antagonist wasn't even a transformer. The main antagonist was Mandroid, um, and and that I think opened up the show to explore these different characters in, in much more interesting light. And I would I would think if you know I, I really kind of hope like maybe if we get like Jaxus in season two where we get someone totally off planet, um, that might be interesting because to to get the traditional Decepticon villain at this point in the show would feel like a step backwards. I agree with that. Yeah, bringing in someone else, someone yeah, something weird. They, yeah. They've shown humans can be an effective villain here. Yeah, even um, what's her face, Karen. I can't remember what her last name is. The person in charge of Ghost. She was a pretty good villain. Yeah, yeah. But then I didn't even pick up that she know, was a Karen until just now. Yeah, her name's Karen. She's Schloder's sister, but they have different last names. I don't remember what hers is anymore. Yeah, but when she got killed it was like oh i actually felt sorry for her too karen you know, circuit breaker dead face maybe circuit breaker dead face um i did not like the extended i think two or three episodes of robbie being sick from the sleeve thing i thought that was a lot of time spent on that okay um, yeah yeah looking back at it you could call that filler i don't think it was filling it's just in a show about transformers they take the kids away from the Transformers, and they're barely in those episodes. I did like the idea of the It's a Wonderful Life with Mo. That was that was a good story conceit, but I think they could have put all of that into one episode instead of spreading it across so many. Because it was like half the episodes were that, half the episodes were the end. I, I would say... Book Club, that was the least popular episode, wasn't it, Catherine? Yeah, that, that one's... I. 
Which one? I really struggle with dreamscape, not reality. That didn't happen episodes. Yeah, and that one was tricky to like, wait, what did happen? Did they really fight Mandroid on a spaceship? Was that spaceship really crashing towards Earth? Like that was, there was a little bit of confusion in that. I I would say, Christian, though, coming back to your point, the first chunk of episodes had a ton of focus on Robbie and Moe, and that faded a bit in the second chunk of episodes. So I think from just a a story arc and character arc standpoint, you needed to focus on Robbie and Moe to an extent, and... Was this the best way to do it? I that's that's up for debate. Um, but it but did feel think, like a magic plot hammer. Yeah, but they have Just, magic armbands that make swords and shields, and they talk to a and, magical transformers ghost. They had so. to show how they make the thing. They had to get their own abilities. I get that, but but my my critique was that I felt like they spent too much time doing it. That's fair. You know, only one episode that's a little eh in all this. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it was bad. Just exactly prefer go, go do something. You know what? What do what do the three new Terrans look like now that they all have their alt mode? Have them go do a mission and do their stuff together. I would have liked that episode more than it's a wonderful life or you know Robbie's dying. That's the thing. Like, I, I want to say that this is a 26 episode series so far, 26 episode season, and there have been very few shows where I have watched um, the entire series and said I liked every single episode equally, and none of the episodes made me cringe. Right? Like, even rewatching some of my favorite anime, I've definitely sat there through an episode and gone, "Oh goodness, did I like this as a kid? I don't think so, and I sure don't like it now." But then I like the the product as a whole. So I think it's okay to have a few eh episodes. It did. There were a few times throughout the series I didn't love what they did, but mostly I did love what they did. Yeah, mostly. So I have a question now that we're talking about Transformers Ghosts. We you know, we're talking about Quintus Prime. Quintus, Quintessons. Is that is that something that you guys feel like there's some connection coming towards down the road, or is this just coincidental? That's Quintus Prime's kind of thing historically, so probably. It allows them to introduce another villain or set of antagonistic characters that are not Autobots and Decepticons. And I think they're leaning heavily more or more in that direction nowadays. So Quintus oh. creates the Quintessons first. Those are the mistake. And the Terrans are the what should have been. Well, and that's then a, that's a did, good conflict. We did get a line in there where Mandroid said he liberated the Sharpticons from someone. And he didn't say the Sharpticons hang out with typically. Mm. Exactly. There you go. And, and that, this was, these were the two that I just loved. The Blitzwave and uh Razorfin. Like just oh, their were names. Good names. Fantastic. When we yeah, saw that footage of them come out, I really thought it was Ripper Snapper. It looks like that kind of design, but yeah. Oh yeah. I liked them. Yeah. Yeah, they were non-transforming as far as we could tell mechanical shark people. But they were somehow created with Energon because when start when when Mandroid was explained as Energon weapon. The shark cons were worried them, that that would yeah. hurt them. Yeah. They were cute too. They yeah. were cute. Interesting. They look like street sharks. 
That's fine. They kind of look like street sharks. Yeah. But you can't be an actual Sharktacon in name unless you're cute. That is a rule. Mm, aw. Even the Energon dude, very cute. Mm, kinda. I like them. Oh, cool, thank you. Cute. <laughs> it's a critter. All critters are cute. What can I say? Oh. I did. Uh, I did like how while their character designs were nearly identical, there were differences. Mm-hmm. One had the shoulder cannons. One had the spike tail. Um, so it wasn't just like, hey, one's pink and one's purple. That's the thing I brought up earlier in our conversation on the chat was that I feel like the clone characters is something they did in G1 Transformers and something that Transformers has carried forward that you can't really do anymore, right? Characters have to be, if you're going to have characters that look exactly the same, they have to be twins and that has to have meaning. That was done with the two not Starscream Seekers. They actually did the whole twin talk thing where they finished each other's sentences. They looked the same, but it was meaningful. They were all three Seekers, and Starscream looked different from the two of them. So I think, you know, the Sharticons are the same, right? Like, maybe they're brothers or cousins or siblings or whatever. Or they're 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 two different members of an alien species that are just hard for us humans to tell apart, because Let's face it, if you look at two bunny rabbits next to each other, like, oh, they're bunny rabbits. But I think that it's... I I think the whole era of being able to produce the same guy three times and give him different voice actors and say those are different characters, I think that's pretty much behind us, which is good. (laughs) Oh, it'll never be behind us, Anna. It's just that this iteration, they're not doing that as much. It's behind everyone else, though. Like, other toy lines, other cartoons, they've moved on from that kind of, like, you know, cheap way to produce extra characters. Transformers keeps doing it because yeah. it's, it's history, but let's just leave it. It's good. It, it is interesting when you bring that up, because the, the new Mortal Kombat game is coming out soon, and so that was one where you had, like, all these characters that looked the same, especially the ninjas specifically. And that's because it was just cheap and easy to do that. And so over time, they've each differentiated more and more and more. And so, yeah, you're seeing that significantly with the new Mortal Kombat trailers. Yeah, over the last 30 years, they thought it was important to make each of those guys that used to look identical their own person. And I yeah. think Transformers can go that way, too, right? Like, look how different the three base seekers were in the IDW run, right? They were such different people that they probably couldn't even work together anymore by the end of the series very well because they had moved on and they were such different people. Different designs would be nice too. So Yeah, and I did enjoy that in the IDW books that they would use sort of different toy designs for each of the three seekers. Um even though Skywarp I barely had much interaction with because he was mainly in the G.I. Joe book in IDW and I didn't read that. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that does make me a little more disappointed in the fact that we're just getting some of the Cyberverse toys for some of the returning characters like Starscream. Um, you know, Skywarp. Yeah, Skywarp. Um, that's right. Skywarp was in a, in a different uh, class. And, and she uses the same mold as the Cyberverse. So, yeah, that, that just is the bummer. I get it. This is a little more kid-centric. Um, so, 
yeah, hopefully we some point down the line get better versions of these. And, and maybe that's a 20 years from now thing. The only reason we're all here right now is that children's toys don't actually have to be bad, right? Children's toys can be made to high quality standards that are interesting and lead to lifelong fandom, right? Children's toys don't have to be crappy, low function gimmick figures. They can be cool toys. So Earth please Spark. make the children's series have cool toys. I think Earthspark has shown that it's not actually a show meant to sell toys so much as to get so much as to be that be that hook to like get get them connect get them wanting them for life the rest of their life as this is that enduring first love series i hope so yeah i do hope that's a great point toys for them though and i'm gonna, I'm gonna say real toys and that's gonna not be nice to say but i got the warrior thrash it is fine it is a really good toy if it was like 2005 because the likeness is wonderful. Just, just missing that extra bit of articulation that we come to. That does look in really good. Figures. Yeah. I've heard rumors that we're going to get into the Lux of Thrash. Great. There's I guess I would that. do my slight upgrade. For yeah. That. I've, I, got, I've heard rumors that we're going to get a deluxe of all the Terrans except for Hashtag. Aww. Hashtag? Yeah. Yep. That is the I've rumor got right now. Jawbreaker coming next week-ish. Maybe. I just want to make sure that I can get them on my shelf if they're available because they're so cool. I want to have them. But yeah, yeah, they're not quite up to snuff with everything else that's around right now. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing is like you create these endearing characters. Give us give us good toys. And yeah, you know, I feel the same way with rescue bots. Give me like a deluxe, you know, boulder would be great. I, think, I mean, they've been around for more than 10 years now. They can join Legacy. That's fine. Come on. Yeah. I know Serge was excited. He, like, texted me a screenshot of when um, in, in Phase 3 or whatever, the second universe of IDW, the rescue bots are sort of in the background there. Um, that's one of the few instances where they got used. And I, I can see where Hasbro maybe wanted to keep them siloed because you had Rescue Bots and you had Rescue Bots Academy. So you didn't want to throw these characters into, you know, bloody Transformer Cybertronian War. Um, but now that that stuff is done, I'm not saying throw them into bloody war, but like give, give us more of those characters. I will say though, like when we watched the first part, of Earth Spark, there was a problem that there were no toys, right? When the first part of Earth Spark came out, we had seen pictures of just a few toys and there was nothing on the shelf to buy. For part two, we were starting to get the figures on the shelves. And by part three, there is an Earth Spark section at your targets mm -hmm. and your Walmarts now, right? There's there's yeah. representation of the toys. You may not be able to get the character you want in the style or size class that you want them in. But there are toys there. You know, there is there is a thrash. There is a twitch. They are not the same size class. They are about the same size, but they both exist, right? And there's even a hashtag on the shelves. She's like a finger puppet, but I need to pick there. up on those finger puppet things. I just think it's a new, it's a neat way to do transformation. I think so too. It's like you know, little gimmick figures like that are fine. I just think, like, the Warriors, right? Like, the Warrior 
um, the wire they're using for Starscream, right? I'm, I'm trying to think no, back. Yeah. Deluxe Starscream is the Cyberverse Deluxe. The Deluxe Starscream is the Cyberverse Deluxe, but they're also doing a Warrior Starscream that is oh. closer to how the um, Earthspark Starscream looks, but in color, right? They did better with the paint job, and the head is big, like the cartoon, instead of being tiny like the Deluxe. But this Starscream that they're using as the Warrior class figure doesn't have knee articulation, right? There, There's no knee joint. It's just one molded leg piece. I have it as slipstream. And it is not a good toy, right? Like, that's a bummer to release this figure at the $15 price point. That is just, eh. It's just not good in any way, right? Like, this is good. This is a bit simplified. He's a $15 figure. He looks like Thrash. He feels like Thrash. He and if it's not white right for you, there are Toy Hack stickers out for these figure figures. <laughs> I have true. the toy. I have the Toy Hack sticker set for Twitch. She's great. On the Toy Hack sticker set, fixes the one problem I have with her toy too. I need to get it. It just it gives her dots in her eyes. So um, I can send you that part because I didn't want that for mine. I want it because that's that's what makes them look so alive in this series. They have you can see which direction their eyes are fixated in, so therefore they look like they're really living. It kind of looks, you know, even comic book characters when they have just the white eyes in their mask, it doesn't. They don't really look alive that way. We're just used to being able to tell what direction someone's looking. I like it. Anyway, there are toys out now, right? They're they're really a smattering. Right, it's really just a messy smattering of different size classes, some size classes that were in Cyberverse, some ideas that worked in Cyberverse, like the finger puppets, flip changers, deluxes, etc. The collector focus line is what Phil, I think, just went on a hunt for, and I have sitting in front of me, which is the deluxe class. And we are getting Terrans in the deluxe class. At least we know that. Which exists and Nightshade is coming. She looks good. Nightshade looks good in pictures. Yeah, and I, I, I think you know, like to the, the, the you know, Fry Futurama meme, like Hasbro, shut up and take my money. Like make good, you know, halfway decent versions of these toys, and I will gladly throw money at them. Oh, but no love for hashtag. Hashtag, hashtag. Well, the the ghost van is copyrighted, and uh, we don't have the rights to make a toy of the ghost van. Uh, ghost is very stingy on, on who they let make toys. I guess their next season we've got to deal with what's going to replace Ghost, if anything. We do, yeah. yeah. Ghost has it, be it does have a new season. The, the second season got greenlit, I think, back in December, January. Of course, with the strikes going on now, who knows when the production will actually begin. But... Presumably, it's coming. I think it's safe to say yeah. we all want more. Right? Oh, yeah. absolutely. You were all very quick. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, Excuse we're me. sitting here making guesses as to what comes next. Like, we're pitching ideas for episodes. We're mm-hmm. clearly excited we're to have to this continue. And look at the excitement on Lucas's face. <laughs> <laughs> So excited. But like, like one of the things I always complain about, like even when we're getting 
in the legacy line, we're getting quite a few women figures now. Most of them haven't really got to matter in any sort of media or anything. You know, we're getting a lot of characters that are just like, oh, here's a here's a figure of Flame War, and she's in some comics, and some people have nostalgia for her, but go find her in a cartoon. Oh, wait, you can't really, you know. But then we're actually getting women characters that matter from the very beginning and have agency. That's cool, right? Like, I'm really happy to have that. Human ones and robot ones, and I don't hate any of them. No, and with with both, you know, Mo and Twitch and hashtag, um, and 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 um and dot, it's never like looked at as like, oh, that's a woman. This is a guy. Like, oh, Twitch is kind of taking over the leader role. They're gonna have a a, a leader, you know, female. It's like, no, Twitch is just like, she's kind of been around one of the longest. Her and Thrash, and she's you know just just a little more emotional, just taking more of a charge. Um, and, and it just it just feels natural when she is in charge of things at the end of, of you know the third batch of episodes. She had been working toward it all previously as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah she took charge in that first the the first batch of episodes that had a nice concise ending. She took charge there too, and okay. but she was more immature back then because she yeah. is growing and learning as a character and a potential leader they don't really need a leader they're just a family they're not a a task force she felt like a really good big sister to everybody yes and that's so cool because she is definitely the smallest one (laughs) she's tiny yeah i think i think her thing with megatron is so cute because they're both you know helicopter type vehicles i think that she likes him because of that it's pretty cool See, I, I really wheel jack enjoyed... dad too adorable. Yeah, I wish Megatron was dad too. Is my favorite. But yeah, Wheeljack being dad too is hilarious and yeah. cute. It seemed like all the Terrans have older mentors, like specific episodes, like Nightshade has Tarantulas and um, Twitch has Megatron or Wheeljack. I think Hashtag has Elita. Jawbreaker has Starscream. Starscream now. Starscream, yeah. Yeah. Starscream now. Who does Thrash have? Swindle. Bumblebee? Bumblebee. Bumblebee. They all have Bumblebee. I don't I don't know. I don't remember if Thrash had a specific he hangs well, no out one else has B, so why not? What? No Alex has, has B. B. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Alex has right. B. Yeah. Or Schloder has B. Thrash is I, the one that I would say feels almost the most lost. Not 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 in the sense that I don't know where his character's going, but like just not given as much attention and character development that some of his siblings have received. I agree with that. I think he was kind of forced a little more into the background so the Twitch could be in the foreground. But yeah. I think that has caused him to, like, like I was saying, like, she feels like she's matured so much, right? Like, Twitch has changed and matured and learned throughout the series. Thrash, has he? Or is he still just as childish as he was? When he's, he got, up, no, right? he's got a lot more. He got a lot more solid, like in his fighting and teamwork. Yeah, he has. Just by comparison, it's been less. Well, yeah, it, I, him- I don't know if it was highlighted well, but teamwork was his thing. Yeah, they, that they he needed to work on at the beginning. America, they, though. Yeah, I also thought that it was stressed more that he and Mo were a team more than Robbie and Twitch are a team. 
huh, I get the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I always feel like Robbie and Twitch are like, they're always together because he's the big brother and she's the big sister. Yeah. I guess if each of us thinks the opposite way, then they both must have been pretty okay. Yeah. Good good fiction allows you to go for multiple interpretations without sounding like you're too ridiculous. So Yeah, and, and none of us are like thrown out hot takes of like, oh, <laughs> I actually think it's this. No. Very, you know, debatable, uh, you know, thought out, you know, point. None of us have said anything bad either i'll say another bad thing i wanted more skull cruncher in the final fight i want i wanted to see more skull cruncher <laughs> also the insecticon is just pieced out they were like see ya I'm, we're not coming back for the fight they're yeah they're they're pretty game breaking <laughs> yeah yeah insecticons are just like we need to go you know find more energy and chew on also hardtop could transform without his arm he managed it he managed it good, good for, for him, him. One thing we've touched upon a little bit, like, I really enjoyed the arc of Mandroid of making him, like, from a kind of a joke character to a serious villain. And his final design was like, that was good and creepy and, and enjoyable from a lot of standpoints. Creepy. Yeah, that was very what the fuck. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the worst. I Every time I saw that design at the very end, I kept thinking of Kane from Robocop 2. In his ridiculous suit with the with the face showing. Oh, I kind of see that now. Yeah. I just kept it kept making me giggle. Like he was scary. Like like Mandroid was scary. For if I was up against that in real life, I would be absolutely terrified. Right. I just kept thinking of that ridiculous stop motion claymation looking Robocop two villain. I but did really enjoy the, I, and, and, you know, anime, there's so many animes that I haven't seen and so much cool stuff and inventive stuff done in anime that I just am not able to keep up with. But like the idea that he was like this floating sort of organism inside the suit and he had like different ports or windows throughout that continuum and his head would just sort of swim around to like look throughout those other windows like, oh, that's really just just cool looking. Like I, I personally had never seen that before. Bit, bit of heebie-jeebies for me on that one, but yeah, that means it's good. But, but yeah, I, I think that was that was pretty cool about it, that it was like, ugh. The Dweller was there. Yeah. A whole episode about the Dweller. Why is that thing on Earth? It's there. That's something else for next season. Why? Why did Quintus put his stuff on Earth? Right above a dweller's like hangout. Did you see how they were treating Cybertron? He had to stash it somewhere. I think the Quintus thing is definitely there because if they use Quintus, there can be lots and lots of seasons that focus on lots and lots of primes or not. Right? They can they can resolve it quickly if they have to. You know, if they're told that season four is the end, then they can just resolve it or they can go on for Infinite season. So does that I, uh, mean there could be more Terrans? There could be more Terrans. There could be Terrans we don't know about. 
that are, have already emerged somewhere. That would be interesting. There could be whole yes, other they, factions. They actually emerged country. in China for their own spin-off series. Very anti-capitalist. That Neza? Oh yeah, that would be the Neza series. Was that the little red car transforming yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. That was like a one-off deal. Yeah. I don't think that show actually came out. I think they canceled. That's a different topic. That's just like one of the like, I don't know. I feel like anything that's trying to like hit the Chinese market is like, oh, we got to do like tie into the Monkey King myth. We have to do a Monkey King mythology uh, tie in here. Often happens. Yeah. We only know one myth out of China. It's Monkey King. So we're just going to go with that. If you ever see Americans depicted in anything from other countries, we're always cowboys. So. We only know one thing about Norway, and it's Thor. Yeah. I guess that's fair. I just feel like, well, yeah, because America's only been around for, like, you know, 250 years. China has a much longer history and culture than that. Um, although, you know, yeah, you're right. Japan is like, samurais, ninjas, there you go. That's the entire culture. Samurais and ninjas. Um, I'm not personally saying that. I'm just saying, like, the way like, Japan <laughs> right. portrays. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's the way the <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Samurai's Ninja and Geisha, and that's like then. Then you got Drift and and Windblade out of that. Some mm. like high level reasoning there, Blade yeah. and Geisha. And Australia is just like crocodiles. It's just like that was kangaroos. Yeah, crocodiles and kangaroos. Yeah, you're right. So this is a bunch of examples of stereotyping, and they're not really in our spark, and that's nice. They're no, much... it, you're right. You're right. I, and I, I apologize if I'm. I'm I'm not trying to say that. No, I no, 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 no. It, it didn't did get that. bad, yeah. but it was it was a good segue into the fact that, like, as someone who you know studies representations and diversity and those types of things as a psychologist, it's nice to see a series that didn't have to that is about space robots that actually represents diversity in healthy ways, positive ways. It doesn't resort to stereotyping. Cool, it's nice. Well, because like like even Fox News picked up on the whole like oh, they there's a you know a a a, a um um a gender neutral transformer that goes by they and it's like okay that gets a couple you know it didn't catch on it got no traction it didn't get but traction. it almost was like to, to me I felt to me I I kind of enjoyed that and, and maybe I'm I'm wrong in thinking this because to me that was not Nightshade's main persona yeah. like when you look at like when you look at a lot of tv shows and stuff you know when you had queer characters like in the the, the 80s and like the 70s and 80s and everything and even into the 90s queer characters was what was their persona oh they're queer that was their persona and so nightshade was nightshade was the brains of the operation you know right. nightshade was was you know had their own thoughts and feelings and wanted to fit in and, and, and feel like they belonged. And, right. and, you know, like I said, Nightshade was the one character that, you know, especially in the third chunk of episodes, like felt like they could kind of do no wrong. They just were very, very competent. No, that's what I was saying about the, the, the lack of stereotyping, right? Nightshade yeah. was, Nightshade was more, more of a stereotypical Donatello than a stereotypical non-binary person, right? Yes. They very much borrowed from, the smart character from other series like Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And not from stereotyping of 
their demographics, which is great. I think that's very positive. I like that episode in the second batch where Alex is teaching Bumblebee and hopefully Robbie about his Filipino culture, that fighting style. I don't remember what it was called, but like, I felt like I learned something about that. I was like, cool. Was that the first or the second batch? Too. Hmm? That was in the first batch. Yeah. Oh, was it the first batch? Sorry. Yeah. I thought. I think so. I think whatever was, that was. I, I still liked it. Decisively. Yeah. I liked it too, though. Like, it was it was good to have that. And it didn't become his full personality. Mm-hmm. It didn't become something he stereotyped on. He's a... He's got, they could have replaced that with any sort of family tradition right. thing from anywhere. It doesn't matter. It was just... I learned yeah. something about that one because it was new to me. Well, and, and I think, yeah, his, what would you say his main personality trait is? It's like, well, he, he's a father and he's obsessed with Bumblebee. And and so that was. And he loves his, his wife. Yes, yes, yes. He yes, adores yes. that woman, which is fantastic. It's, it's nice to see a positive family dynamic in these sorts of shows. That too. And like, I, one of the things I liked about the, the husband-wife dynamic of the two of them was that she certainly seemed like the stronger, like physically stronger one and maybe even, um, you know, mentally stronger, but like it was never treated like he was a sidekick or he was, you, you know, less than slouchy slob or you know, right. whatever. Cause, cause like I, like one of the things, the, the dynamic in the show of modern family with Phil and Claire was like, Phil got treated like he was an imbecile and Claire was like the super smart one. It's like Claire just to me came off as like, you know, just mean. And Phil was the one who was like trying to be amicable and, and trying to, you know, take care of things. And he was had a successful business. And Claire was just like mean to him. And, and Modern Family is a good example of the yeah. exact opposite. It's a show that only does diversity through stereotyping and no other yeah. way. Yeah. And it's funny, it's like that was a show that was praised when it first came out. Oh, yeah. Because it had any, you know, it was. It was numeric yeah. diversity, but it wasn't really good representation. Yeah. Yeah. Never loved so. the show. But I love this show, so it's okay. Yeah. And this one to me feels like one I'm going to need to get on disc. Mostly because I don't want to be attached to a streaming service forever. But it also feels like because it's on a smaller service that it could go away at some point. Reminds so me of history, first... too. I'm getting rid of things. Yeah, I said Paramount Plus has a history too. Yeah, so I, th- I think the, the first ten episodes are on disc now. It's Weren't they the, these are going to time. Netflix and Nickelodeon though? And the Nickelodeon's tied to Paramount. Yeah, Nickelodeon's Paramount. I've never heard the Netflix thing. The only time I heard that was in book club when someone mentioned it. Maybe that's a foreign thing. Maybe in yeah, maybe country. in another territory. I don't know. It might that. be a, a territory that lacks Paramount Plus. They might be doing yeah. Netflix there. That's totally possible. Um, I don't know. Christian, do you know on the the disc set that they have released, is there any like commentary or anything like that, or is it just the episodes? I don't know. Because that's something I would I'll like to up. see and, and hear is is director and writer commentary and showrunner commentary and all that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Lucas, have we uh, sold you into watching yet? I don't think he knows where. Uh, well, yes, 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 absolutely. 
So. Luke has just been like, you know, policing the Russian bots that keep attacking our chat. He's been fighting them off tooth and nail. Um, the listing yes, does yes. not mention anything about commentaries or special features of any kind. Yeah. It's a cheap disc set, too. Like, if that's yeah. a... Yeah, sense. it's episodes 1 through 10. Its retail is $13.99. It's presently on sale for eleven eighty three. dollars Well, cheap. But I think yeah. I'm going to wait to get the whole batch. Yeah, maybe if they do the whole thing, we'll get some extras with that, because I would, I would appreciate seeing and hearing those. Just on a, a preservations note that I think I'm going to get it on disc just in case. No, I think that's a great idea. And, you know, I, I definitely feel pretty confident saying that it's worth a month of Paramount Plus to go watch the whole thing now. But having it on disc is one way to make sure you're not going to lose it. Yep. And, and for those of you who don't have Paramount or want to get Paramount, it is on Nickelodeon. I apologize that I don't know the schedule of releases or, or when it's on, on Nickelodeon, but you know, hopefully you got a DVR and you can just suddenly it. record it. What's that? I, I don't know the schedule either, but it is airing, I think. Yeah. It yeah. has but aired or will air. I, I don't know if like the third batch of episodes have like started airing on Nickelodeon kind of thing. That's good. But if Although... they haven't, they presumably will. Although I feel like in this day and age, it's like, do you, do you actually, do your kids actually watch Nickelodeon anymore? I, I DVR Paw Patrol off of it for my little guy. Yeah. But nowadays he just goes to YouTube Kids and watches right. videos right. about dinosaurs pooping. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if it, if it was on YouTube, my kid might watch it. Yeah. Right. If if they started seeing Skibbity Toilet, my older son would watch it on YouTube. So, but yeah, I I don't know that this is the type of uh, show though that they'll actually release a special edition box set or anything. But uh, like I'm sure they'll probably release it all in one season. But I think yeah. it might change. You know, just hearing like I've seen a lot of older fans, and by older I mean adults like us, who talked about loving the series right i've seen a lot of positive things coming from fans that may not have been the expectation right they may have expected the show not to really impress adult fans who don't have children and now they'll be like oh well we could market a director's commentary box set we could market nicer toys we'll see again i've touched upon this when we've talked about the show in the past in, in, in piggybacking on a point you made earlier, Anna, is like they took a lot of the things that worked well and were new with the IDW comics, with the James Roberts, you know, Lost Light book stuff, and, and they, they continued on with that. And I think that brought a lot of new fans into the Transformers fandom and a very diverse group of fans. And, you know, I, I think to, you know, I'm so glad they continue to do that with the show. And again, like, treat this fan base as, you know, not just as a kid fan base. And I think, you know, better toys and, you know, director commentary special edition box that would be part of that. <laughs> yeah, could be. Well, we've gushed. For, we we've gushed specifically on the series for an hour now. Yeah, it's definitely more gushing we need to do. So apparently I just need to go watch it, right? You should. You do. Uh, I know. I just need to take the time. 
Maybe it's peer pressure now. All the cool kids are doing it. Right. Well, it's like a lot of us in times we we've had conversations on the show multiple times. I think I feel like we do it yearly. Someone starts the conversation. It's getting stale. I'm getting bored. I'm not right. as excited about my collecting and my Transformers fandom as I used to be, right? Like one of us will say that kind of stuff and the rest of us will start echoing it. We'll do a show on it. We do that like every year. This is how you keep that from happening, right? You actually watch and consume the new media. You mm-hmm. go out, you read the new comics and give them a chance. You go out, you watch Earth Spark, you give it a right. chance. You try the different toy lines. Like you get your first cyberverse right. or earth spark deluxe and you see if you like it that's you how don't you hate on it because it's not it. g1 well I, I don't know i know that we've spent you know a lot of uh various episodes complaining about the the lack of quality <laughs> media for transformers so i mean i i do owe it to myself to actually go watch it when there is quality media out there yep here it is. you do we also, are in to... We are in a nice golden age right now of properties and IP that have a very kids focus getting just premium content coming out in Mm -hmm. animation form. Between this show, the Spider-Verse movies, the new Ninja Turtle movie that just came out, maybe you throw Barbie in there, although Barbie's not animated, but like just like these, these IPs that we grew up with getting phenomenal creators making content for it is we're, we're spoiled and earth spark adds to that. Yep. This is the, I will say this is the best piece of transformers media ever. And unlike the 86 film, it won't scar your childhood. That bear episode is pretty scary. Yeah. The bear episode is pretty kidding. Just kidding. Uh, dwelling the depths is a little, a little frightening. I feel like Christian's over here is like the wheels are churning up there. Is it yeah, really the best? Think, is there, there's got to be something best, better. The He's best thinking. Transformers story, I, I still think, is going to be Last Stand for me. That's Stone is hot, It's real good. I know. Can you imagine not having read that? I can't. I can't believe anybody would not read that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Anna's going to read imagine. it and be like, you're going to be so disappointed when Anna finally does read it. And she's like, yeah, it was decent. That's one of the reasons I'm not reading it. Like, you just well, hit the nail on the head there. Like, I already disappointed them by not liking, especially not liking the beginning it is of more than meets the eye as much. Anna's style. <laughs> it's okay not to like the beginning more than meets the eye. It's a little slow. But so I don't much... want to disappoint anybody anymore. We agree on our sparks, so we talk about that. Red Spark is definitely way up there. You know, Catherine mentioned the 86 movie too. Like, yeah, put it up there. Red Spark's real good. It's different. And that's. And if you need another excuse to do your Paramount Plus for a month, watch this. And you can also watch Rise of the Bests, which is a pretty good Transformers movie. Mm -hmm. Very solid entry. It is. Bests. There you go. Do, do we need to end the show like right before two hours? Yes, I think we're done. Yeah, we're, Randall, we're feeling Randall pretty good. I really was hoping we would go all the way to two hours. Even. Yeah. Nope, cut it off. Yeah, 
No, we spent like what thirty minutes on on uh, on missing link prime. So missing link. Yeah. Yeah. I I did I did uh, let Paul know that we talked about that earlier in the show, so he can go and you know criticize us. Yeah, exactly. So we can next week we can talk about the U.S. release of Missing Link that'll come out in the next week. We'll just make this the Missing Link podcast. It'll be great. Could be the next Transformers Tuesday, right? Could be. You need to put up medics for me to order, please. Right. I'm going crazy. crazy. Drop randomly. Those Walgreens yeah. stuff are always like. It's like could be Friday. Yeah. I just check every day now. Catching a falling knife. One. Anyhow. So, all right. Well, uh, you know, thanks guys for coming on and discussing that. Uh, you know, I I got a lot done while you guys were uh, discussing off off camera. I'm just kidding. Um, Did you finish filing your TPS reports? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, no, thanks guys, and and thanks to everyone in the chat uh, as well. So, so yeah. So, but uh, but yeah. Oh, and then uh, this weekend on Sunday, it's Anna's Anime Academy at eight thirty Central on the Discord. Um, so but you added a third A to that. Or Master Force. So yeah, you talked about Super Gun Master Force. Yeah, episode seventeen. Good series. There you go. I mean, not still as my as... favorite Transformers animation. Right there you go. So yeah, so check that out on the TF Talk Discord, and uh, I guess that's it. So thanks guys for joining, and we will see everyone next week. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another T-F-Y-L-P. <laughs> ha ha!